0: You know, I think about us, the three of us, what we could be. I think about it all the time.
1: Please, it's dear. No, it's not. I know Jim. She's my friend. I care about her. How's your day going? You look
0: pretty.
2: Thanks. I wore not just for you.
1: Her father's a driver named Nick. He helped me to
3: survive. Yes, you can, because I can't lose you. I'm
1: not going to let anything happen to you. What about you? Your girlfriend is a badass.
3: Welcome to Above the Garage, a Nick and June, The Handmaid's Tale podcast. Hi friends, welcome to our spoiler-free analysis of season two, episode 12 of The Handmaid's Tale, which is entitled Postpartum. Let's do a round of introductions and dive in. Hi, I'm Scarlett. Hi, I'm Ginger. Hi, I'm Tina. And I'm Kate. I regret saying dive in. On this one, oh oh <laughs> oh, oh I'm so and then the deep dive. Oh no. RIP Eden, we love you, and seriously, Sydney Sweeney is amazing. All right, so it opens with um, the baby in the bath adorably, and that's enjoyable until you see it's Serena washing her and wrapping her. And she says, God bless me my angel, my sweet Nicole in the nursery. Um, and she's delighted, she's glowing, and that's. The first time we learned her name her gilead name right
1: yeah yes. yes and now i just thought about the fact that you said she was in a bath which i forgot because that means she's nicole started out in a bath and then it ends with eden in the oh. water
0: oh.
3: i just thought about that That's yes water <laughs> that is i mean i'm sure it's intentional yeah
1: yeah well water seems to be a theme in the show sometimes so it does seem
3: to be that yeah um and then it fades to june pumping with her like most miserable face on. And that took me back to pumping. And it's, it's yep. really, I hate pumping it, And I remember that the pump made a sound that sounded like it said, we pump, we pump, we pump like over and over <laughs> again in my head. And I was going insane. So that was not in the red center.
1: With my second child, I ended up exclusively pumping for 11 months. And let me tell you, it was awful. I did it. It was a full-time job.
3: Ugh, did it make you feel like it made me it made me feel isolated and like a cow, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, like... I felt like
1: a cow in the beginning. I over pumped because I didn't know. And I was like, I think I was spending eight hours a day attached to that thing. Yeah, well, breastfeeding wasn't for me. I, I pumped.
2: <laughs> I pumped and I had no supply.
3: Yeah, same. same. And I would eat these muffins. So this seem like really registered with me. Like, I can't remember what they were made of, but they're supposed to like. It It was brand does it help i was trying to remember i don't um, no,
0: i know I don't she was eating bran stuff.
3: i can't remember the one that we made because i made because i thought it might have anyway okay Enough. enough of that anyway yeah. moving on and it does but it did like the sound makes me think that i'm going to go insane like just the repeated yeah. sound every two seconds um and then L- is like giving her shit for dangerously giving birth in an empty house while she was out for a drive so <laughs> she said yes yeah, it's a, a strange um excuse it's a sunday drive that. yeah <laughs> it's that
0: gilead spin
3: yeah it's that was a weird one though i feel like they could have done better i don't know and elizabeth interrupts and shows lydia um how, how little june has pumped barely an ounce from the right 1.2 from the left they know that there's a problem because she's not around the baby and lydia is giving her a brand muffin and June says she thinks she's earned a whole cake for these it's probably for girls don't get anything
0: I did love June's voiceover when she realized the muffins are brand and she goes praise fucking B." like yeah
3: <laughs> couldn't be blueberry or something yeah. yeah
0: it had to be a brand muffin right it's very gooey out of them
1: I felt like June was disappointed in Lydia here because she made the comment to her I forget what she said but she basically was like calling her out she's
3: like I thought." you said you protect this baby is basically what she said like you promised me you would take care of the baby
1: yeah and then Lydia kind of looked guilty but then she said um
3: oh I know this perfect should not be the enemy, the enemy of the, of the good. good yeah must look to the future right saying like this this isn't a battle worth fighting basically
1: I guess yeah and then she called June popular because she gave birth alone and called for help so, uh, because I guess all these, now there's like a whole, I think there was four other couples that was requesting her to come to their house after this.
3: I wonder if it was the same four that turned Emily down. That's what I was wondering, cause they said four
1: <laughs> with Emily. So I feel yeah. like that was a parallel, but I'm assuming she must be popular because she gave birth and then actually called for
3: help instead of like running away. Are they aware that she has run away also? But yeah, she doesn't have a choice people. And then it flashes to Fred in, I guess, his new office. I don't know where this is. Did catch something
0: that he's talking to one of the commanders and he says he's going to be running point on like media relations or something uh, like that. Like that's going to mm-hmm. be his new job. And he did say this office is a little big and he says, well, it's for the optics. So it's probably a bit of a promotion and then also just, you know, the Gilead bullshit. Right. Media, media expansion. But what he's doing
2: is he's just bragging you know like oh i don't need this much space but he's showing the space because that's what fred does you know he brags because he needs to
3: and this is the only time that they really mention what happened to nick here and they don't explain it so he they just say uh that he talks about some overzealous guardians and then nick walks in and he says oh here's the hero and then once they leave he says you handle what happened at that house with discretion thank you for taking care of it the future is full of possibilities for both of us things are going to happen for you i wish they
1: explained though like what because that I mean, there was just so many, it it all happened so quickly, and then you hear nothing, and then you just hear a misunderstanding, and it's just... I
3: think we're not supposed to care about what's going on with Nick as much as we do.
0: Probably
2: right,
3: but yet,
0: (laughs) here we are.
2: Well, he wasn't supposed supposed to be in the house. The house was supposed to be empty, so I'm guessing they were patrolling, and he wasn't supposed to be there, so they arrested him, and while they did the whole, I don't know, paperwork, ID checkups, I, I mean... He had to they i'm pretty sure fred was looking out uh for june i don't know if they have cell phones and do they have cell phones in gilead mm, i i don't him. think so they
0: have those walkie talkies though
2: yeah so you know like i'm guessing you know he was held up somewhere and you know they had to clear him out and then fred i guess went to cover face because obviously if nick talks fred gets fucked and if fred talks you know nick nick gets fucked so I'm guessing that's what they're supposed to kind of make us understand of what quote unquote happened.
3: I think they didn't want to spend a lot of time, you know, just explaining it. So they didn't. I think you're I mean, right. it
1: sounds plausible. I just, again, it's, I just, it's one of those scenes where you just want
3: more details. Yeah, but here we are. And he tells Nick to hang the portrait up of uh, his baby's kidnappers. So he does. And Nick looks so pissed off this whole scene. I enjoy it immensely.
0: I, so I had a point. So I like how this episode opens with June and Nick both being like separately tortured with separation, not only from each other, um, but their child and the physical reminders of her. So like June is having to pump and Nick's got the photo mm-hmm. and something that really caught me when I was watching it earlier today was both of those scenes and with June in the voiceover saying, praise fucking be. And Nick says, praise be. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I thought that was a really cool um like similarity between those two scenes.
3: I happen to have frozen it on him like staring at Fred, and it's really funny. I'm just gonna take a picture and send it to you guys later. Okay. I like that. That's a good observation. So yeah, he says he says praise be after Fred says inspiring, isn't it? Of the kidnapper portrait. Anyway. Um, and then Serena's looking at the 5,000 baby things that she's been knitting for however long this has been going on.
2: And probably she, years.
3: Yeah. <laughs> she probably has more than that. Like, she's like trunks of them. Um, and then Rita comes in and, and, like, fearfully, you can tell she's scared to tell Serena that their supply is running out. And, and, she, and she starts to, like, say why. And, and Serena's like, I got it. I understand. Because the baby's separated. From, when the moms are separated from the baby, and Serena snaps in her.
1: Um, It just really drives me crazy because Serena knows that it's an issue that they're running out of milk yet she still puts her hatred and jealousy for June over the needs of this child because she could easily bring her to the house or have her breastfeed or at least like have June be closer to Holly but she doesn't because she doesn't want her anywhere near her so just
2: it's worse because she even saw what happened with um baby angela with janine's baby which is yeah. pretty much she got sick because she wasn't close to her mother
3: right like I, I think that maybe i there was some hope that once she was separated from june's actual body that she might take better care of the baby and and she does it does appear that she loves the baby but not again to promote itself over her hatred of june Yeah. You know? so it's just more of the same Uh, and then Lydia is bringing June somewhere and it turns out it's a church is this the only time we're ever in a church an actual church of our understanding of church interesting to me for such religious people um where do they worship where do the I wonder where the econo people and such worship I would wonder where the where the commanders do but but for such religious people they do a lot of things that don't actually (laughs) (laughs) not going to church is the least of it you're right Um, and then June sees the baby and starts protesting immediately and trying to get away because she can't go through all this again. How many times has she had her kid taken away from her? You know, how many times can you? Her reaction is so visceral when she sees like the
2: first time I saw it, I couldn't understand it. And then I was like, of course she already made amends. You know, it's the only way it's like, okay, I'm done. I had my time with my baby. I have to give her away just to think that she accepted that. It was just mind blowing to me. Man.
0: And I don't know if we talked about this. It did say in the script, uh, Holly's supposed to be four weeks old. So I guess she's been about a month separated from June at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I thought that that was a thing. And I know we talked about this a while ago. And I, I thought she was four or five weeks old, but I couldn't remember. So that makes sense then if it was in
3: the script. Yeah.
0: she was, The script says she's supposed to be four weeks old.
3: And Fred says, Nicole, this is offered. So June here is her Gilead name for the first time. It looks like, she, I think she repeats like Nicole. And Lydia says that she looks just like her father and the camera pans to a sad Nick. Side note, I really wish the toddlers that they picked did resemble Nick a bit more.
0: Same, yeah. big, same. <laughs> I love his little like head, his little head jerk when she says father, like mm, don't react to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. poor. So guy. I
1: I thought it was so heartbreaking when like Fred introduces her as Alfred, right? Uh-huh. but then it's also sad because he calls her nicole which june had just named her holly, holly.
3: yeah so it's had her like, name taken away too i
1: was just gonna say so obviously like nick was like jolted hearing her say like she looks just like her father and then fred has that look too because everybody in the room knows but i'm curious if lydia do we think lydia knows at this point that nick
3: is the father yeah i'm curious too did she say that as a dig what what why did she say that
1: she seemed irritated with Fred in this scene. So I could see it yeah. being a dig, but I just I just get the feeling that she doesn't know yet. But I don't know. I don't think she knows.
2: She got irritated afterwards, you know, when he was unwilling to, you know, like we 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 got what we wanted, you know, and she's trying to explain like it's better if June's close to the baby. Then she kind of gets irritated. So I I don't I don't know if she knows now,
0: maybe afterwards.
3: I'm curious how they know ever, like I'd love
0: to find that out wasn't there a note and maybe it's in the book isn't there a note that the ants somewhere have on record like yeah. who the actual fathers are of the babies yes. and then so I that makes me wonder if maybe she does know I, I don't know though I'm, I'm really torn
1: I think she knows eventually I just don't think I don't get the sense
3: she knows yet
0: that's a good twitter
3: question everybody should come on twitter and instagram and tumblr and facebook and all of the things and we post stuff daily okay sorry but that is a good one and we're gonna do it because i don't know i don't know how i i don't know how she would know but i also feel like she knows to answer your question i feel like it's a dig at fred i feel like she knows but i don't know how she could so anyway Uh, and the baby cries and she immediately starts leaking milk and fred is disgusted because he has literally zero redeeming qualities he says oh that did the trick and starts to leave and june begs to nurse her and when fred well she asks and when fred refuses june looks at lydia as a signal to help the goddamn baby that she promised to protect and she does step up this time and june steps back and lets lydia step forward in front of her and her attitude with fred is awesome when he dismisses her saying i appreciate your insight she uh, she says ah as if he's an obnoxious child that she has to manage and i would enjoyed that like a lot
0: yeah so the script was what kate said that fred is supposed to look disgusted when her milk lets down and nick is supposed to look in awe, like be in awe but i don't think they really um showed that at all with
3: nick they didn't show nick yeah i feel like yeah. fred just fred for sure always yeah. Looks disgusted he looks so out. yeah
2: yeah i thought he liked it so i guess i'm way off like yeah. <laughs> when i saw it i was
3: like because he's so disgusting and creepy yeah. i like i mean it's he, it no okay I didn't read it that way but I again would not put a best
1: I feel like too this is one of those scenes where like you know I know we aren't fans of Aunt Lydia but I feel like this is kind of one of those scenes where in her own unique strange way she's showing that she does care for June and these handmaids like she's obviously annoyed with Fred but she is trying like she's pushing for him to do the right thing and bring June to the house where she should be the way she shows her love for people
3: is definitely not normal but I think this is one of those scenes where she's trying maybe she just enjoys being bitchy to everyone though like I enjoy when she's bitchy to Serena and Fred No, I do think she's trying to help in this case I think that she does try to help sometimes and I was gonna say earlier like I've enjoyed her nuances more in recent episodes in this rewatch than I ever did the first time I just kind of hated her but I I do enjoy her she's like I, I guess she doesn't Outrank um, Fred, but she has some power over him to wield with the attitude that she takes about the baby and such. So Lydia gives June an opening to say something like Gileadian to appease Fred, and after a long beat of looking at Nick, the actual father of that baby, she says, "May I be worthy?" So then she is walking back into her room, and uh, when she sits in her chair, you can see she's just kind of really s- sad about it, also, but. Um, she's rubbing her face and she looks depressed but kind of resigned to being back there the camera then is still on her face when Serena is angrily asking Fred did you let her touch my child and he says he promised he wouldn't which by the way to all you unmarried people out there that is not an actual answer and I would have kept pushing Serena says the baby needs a calm atmosphere and you're making that very difficult And Serena says that she has no contact with the baby and she pumps in her room and Fred sarcastically says mother knows best on the way out.
1: I love how she says Fred is making this difficult when it's really her.
3: Yeah, no, and that's what he says, though. It doesn't have to be difficult. He said it earlier. Um, And as usual, this is where I made the note. As usual, she's not putting the baby's health first. Of course not. It's like the dumbest scenario to have her in the house and not breastfeeding. And she calls her my child, not our child, because
1: technically it's her and Fred's child.
3: And then we're with Emily and Aunt Lydia, and she's going to a new home. Apparently four couples have refused her. And Lydia insists Emily must behave. It's her last chance, or she's running out of chances. And she starts raving about Commander Lawrence and his brilliant founding of the economics of Gilead and asks if Emily has anything to say for herself. And Emily waits a beat and then asks why such an important, brilliant man would take in such a shitty handmaid. I love Emily so much. And then Cora and her missing eye open the door, which isn't a great first sign for the house you're about to live in, but the house looks different from the other Gilead houses inside. And Cora stubs her foot on a box, actually curses, And he's just like an overall feeling of disorganization and not Gilead. And then Lawrence comes running down the stairs and stutters out a blessed bee. And the look on Lydia's face as she watches these two, like, poorly go through the motions, is absolutely priceless. I don't know if you guys noticed it. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) And then it's funny, too, because Lydia's looking around the house, like, horrified at the way it's decorated.
3: (laughs) Right after she's (laughs) raving about him, right? Yep. (laughs)
2: books I mean he can have books obviously but I think the books are supposed to be kept in the study and the paintings are also not Gilead you know approved
3: right and you can tell that because of the way also because of the way Emily is like looking around in awe like after he leaves the room like at everything the books the paintings everything seems to be like shocking her and nearly making her cry but first he kicks Lydia out saying that Mrs. Lawrence isn't feeling well and there's um and there's some more commotion and Lawrence uh, yells at Cora not to touch his stuff. And she seems to trip a lot. Perhaps that's why two eyes are preferable. I don't know. <laughs> but
1: he when he kicked
3: Lydia out, he said glory be. So he also <laughs> used the wrong terminology. Uh but and you know Cora, he doesn't
2: care. No. And yeah.
3: then Cora yells right back at him. And it's just again, clearly not your typical Gilead house.
1: And Emily's and, just like, what is happening? Yeah, really- like what the going on? <laughs>
3: And she's looking around and she seems like she's almost crying because she's seeing art again. What she's looking at is actually a graphic novel called Mouse* by
2: Art Spiegelman. And it's uh, the only graphic novel that has won a Pulitzer Prize uh, back in 1992. And it's uh, based on interviews with his father, who was a Polish Jew and he survived Auschwitz. Uh, So it's kind of like a Nazi Germany history of his father and um, his mother's suicide and it's actually a banned book now currently one of the many banned books where Uh, at least in Tennessee and in a few states is banned because of the language and uh, because there's like nudity but this is a graphic novel they're they're animals they're cartoons and um the page that's open is actually a hanging scene along with the
1: handmaid's tale as well which is banned like everywhere now
3: and then Lawrence comes in and finds her um, looking at it and asks if she knows the penalty for reading. And she says it's a finger. And he asks if she thinks that's fair. And she's still being as careful as I would be because who the fuck knows what's going on in this house right now. And she says it's the law. And then he simply leaves saying it used to be a hand back in the good old days. So I think she's still totally confused as to where he stands and what's going on here and how to act. But we're back to June pumping and still struggling, by the way. June lays on the floor so she can hear Holly crying and June's crying too, listening. When she comes downstairs to give Rita her bottle, she stops to watch Serena singing This Little Light of Mine. And when she's in the kitchen, Eden asks if it hurts to pump and June says it just feels odd. And Eden says she can't wait. May God find her worthy. And then when June tries to leave, Eden says, God would want a child to be raised by parents who really love each other, don't you think? What if you had that chance for love and a baby? So in my opinion, Eden's asking June if she thinks Gilead's bullshit um, now because she can see that it is and she wants that validation from someone else that doesn't believe in Gilead and does believe in God.
1: I think this scene, it's it's sad because obviously June is like heartbroken right now because... She can hear her baby and she hears Serena sing to her, but she can't go near her. So now she's got to deal with Eden. And so, but she's still really kind to her. And I don't know, I guess I took Eden asking that question. Obviously she's thinking of Isaac, but I do think after seeing June and Nick and making their heart eyes at each other, like when she gets out of the ambulance, obviously Eden knows like something's going on between them. Um, so I think I think that's probably why she thinks she can ask June that question.
3: Right, and June takes it the wrong way thinking she's asking like kind of about Nick and she reacts and says, you know, you don't have to worry about me. I won't be around, around for long. So she does acknowledging that Nick loves her, right?
2: That's how I read it. You know, Eden's obviously like Ginger said, talking about Isaac, but June thinks Eden's worried about her. And that's when June says, you know, in this place, you grab love wherever you can find it. That She's she's telling Eden it's okay with Isaac. That's how Eden's reading it. But June's talking about Nick. So I guess that's why Eden gets the idea that she gets. But I think it's interesting because, you know, again, I think we talked about this in the past episode. It, it's very subtle, but you can tell what June's feelings are towards Nick.
1: Well, I, I don't know. Does June even know about her and Isaac at this point because I don't know if Nick would have had the time
3: to tell her Well, she's seen them flirting in the kitchen like I, I think after Eden responds to her I think she gets that she's talking about something else obviously Eden
1: suspected something between Nick and June but I don't know if she would have suspected that the baby was actually Nick's. so maybe I don't know I guess when June tells her I'll be gone soon I don't know I guess I, initially I thought she was also kind of revealing that the baby is theirs but I guess not necessarily
2: like I was just gonna say like that 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 was a line that kind of confused me like you don't have to worry about me I won't be around long so why would Eden be worried about June I mean we know why it was just that's why I kind of like interpreted it that way
3: yeah I think she was saying that at first and then I think Eden's response made her realize that she was talking about something else and she's and her answer to that was you know whatever it is I think in this place you grab love wherever you can find it and then they tell each other sweet dreams and it's kind of like the first genuine moment I think they've really had together
1: wouldn't that technically be breaking like the Gilead protocol of saying goodbye like saying sweet dreams because obviously we're seeing that Eden is not as much of a rule follower as we thought she was as she started out to be so maybe that's just like another little thing showing that like she's straying from the Gilead.
3: Yeah, I do. I think that that was that's a good point about The Sweet Dreams. I think that that was both of them acknowledging Gilead is not all that it's cracked up to be and that Eden's now understanding that for the first time, you know. And I think she knew that about june or she got that feeling and that's why she was uh thought she would be a good person to have asked this question to and then later she's gonna really regret how she responded because of how the episode ends okay then it's morning and nick comes out of his apartment and he seems concerned and he looks down at where isaac usually is i think right that's what that look was i couldn't I, well, I had to i was trying to figure it out and that's when i was like oh maybe that's where he saw them kissing or where isaac usually is in the morning and he's not there and he looks concerned
1: well maybe he was looking there because um eden's obviously not in the apartment so maybe he's look, trying to see like where isaac is because where else would she be
0: yeah maybe eden has gone to be with him which is what happened but
3: and then in the kitchen rita's being nice to june and nick comes in much faster than normal and rita gives june a look showing that she's leaving to give them space even though she's being bitchy to nick and i don't think he takes that as well as normal
0: i love that too i love how she always tries to give them space because she because she knows obviously Rita knows so I love that she's like on their side and she probably knows they haven't had any chance to talk to each other since the baby's been born at least that's what I interpret is that what you guys have thought as well like I don't think they've been had like the chance to talk to each other at all no I think this was the
1: first time and June was blatantly staring at him like she wasn't even trying to hide it which I think Rita picked up on
3: I want to think that they talked in between now and then because they like had so much to kind of catch up on (laughs) But that explains why it's so awkward, though, when they first
0: approach each other. They don't really, like, there's so much to say. Like, Yeah, like, do where do you, you start? Where yeah. do
3: you go? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they haven't discussed Hannah, They I haven't discussed, you know, whatever happened to him, whatever happened to her in the house, giving birth. oh my god, yeah, it's so much. Yeah. So, June says she hasn't seen it, Eden, and cracks her funny old baby joke, and she gets an actual laugh out of Nick, which is rare and amazing, and then- He says our baby is so beautiful and June nods tearfully He says I wish I could hold her and she manages to barely get out me too. (sighs) Then they start like fantasizing together which is literally like the most fun thing you can do in Gilead together. Well second most. Go ahead. I think before we move on, we should add the script note on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the line originally as written was the baby is so beautiful. And I really love the change. It's one word, right? The yeah, and R. But I love the R. I think it really makes the scene that much more poignant because, they, like, they're still taking ownership. Like, no, this is our baby.
2: Like,
0: yeah. he, they haven't taken that out of them yet. You know, I think that's beautiful. That was a very good change. And also, he was supposed to say i want to scoop her up and kiss her little head which while what? adorable <laughs> is not yeah <laughs> it's an adorable thought right but it's not very nick oh. so that
3: was also a good change to just like i like to, to just see him. him trying to say that <laughs> yeah uh, <there's-
0: laughs> I can't even imagine him saying that it's so super that was,
3: sweet and i know that that's true and he does feel that way but i would enjoy max trying to say that in his character
0: yeah no um so those were two incredible changes i think that they made um yeah. they made it one word and the other line was much more simple but it was still just as effective and yeah. genuine and
3: yeah oh, no our baby is super important change to mm-hmm.
1: me which it also ties into episode two when they're fighting in the boston globe and he says i'm trying to protect you and our baby
2: yeah that's the ownership you know it's his baby too i think i talked about this in the past episode about his fatherhood and how it's presented in the, in the show how he's constantly knows that this is his baby obviously june but he owns it from the first moment which i think is important to point out and they recognize
1: that
3: between them
1: which mm-hmm. is also important
3: and then they start fantasizing, and he says, we uh, we should run away somewhere and start over like a real family. And then June fully engages in the fantasy this time. Where would we go? He says, out west, the coast. And I love the face June makes, and she says, ah, still Gilead, Hawaii then, Maui, she's going to love the beach. And then they start literally just like fully fantasizing about playing on the beach with their daughter. She's going to eat the sand, what?
0: I really
1: love this though, because I know I talked about this in episode six, but this is showing like June's emotional journey this season, because in episode six, when they're when she comes back home after the uh, bleeding incident, mm-hmm. you know, he's fantasy, he says even back then, like he calls them a real family and he's daydreaming about them all the time. And she tells him not to, but here he says, you know, something similar, like we should run away together as a real family. And she instantly like plays along with him and gets like dreamy eyed and wants the same thing so I think it's at this point probably just because of everything they've been through and she loves him and the baby's here like I I just love that she's not compartmentalizing here and she's really letting herself dream and feel what she really feels
3: yeah I love it too and then I also love when she says she's gonna eat the sand and and Nick's like really all kids do it she's too smart like her mom yeah and uh yeah she won't she's too smart like her mom exactly and at this point they're super close to each other and they're holding hands right
0: yeah the light too Um, yeah there's that light coming in shining on them again which over and over that's repeated in the show whenever they're together there's light but this scene in particular is just so bright when they're talking about this um it's hard to ignore like this is the you know, the important part of the show. Lighting matters. They're doing it for a reason. Which
1: they're they're also in the same room where she told him she was pregnant and she Mm. said it was
0: terrible
3: and he said it's not.
1: Like I feel like this is almost a continuation of that.
3: I even like the vines growing in there because like Serena's greenhouse is dead, but this is a living room with lots of light and I think that it is all not coincidental. And then um so yeah i think that they're holding hands and they're super close to each other and june tells him she'd like to name a baby holly after her mom and i love when he looks in her like they're just staring at each other's eyes and he says sounds sounds right and then she laughs and she's like yeah and it's all just love pouring out of them and then fred walks in that fucker and spell is broken
1: i love about how like she says she wants to name her holly but she's not like assuming that's just what it's going to be. Like she actually cares about him having an opinion and wants to know like if he's okay with that. And I just think that's really sweet. I know I mentioned this in the last episode, but what I really, really love about this scene and why I will always be partial to the name Holly, I'm sorry, Margaret Atwood, but this is the one time they got to make a parenting decision together. We, ne- we never see June smile like that. I mean, The only time she does that is when she's with Nick or with holly slash nicole so i just that's just why i will always be partial to that name so
0: i'm with you i'm um, that this scene is the reason why i can't fully get on board with nicole
1: i and i i do also think that if fred didn't walk in i think that nick was going to kiss
3: her because he totally looked like he was going in for it <laughs> well and you hear him move his hand away which is like i was sure they were holding hands but i did want some confirmation and you can hear them they're flesh Parting, but it's so dumb. I love how stupid they are doing shit. I don't think they care anymore. Fred's about to walk in. As much they separated this time, they didn't when I mean, Serena walked in the pregnancy one. They're I don't know. They're more willing to take risks
1: now. Probably because June can still get away with things. Oh, with for sure. Fred.
3: Well, and they're fully they fully they admitted to themselves that it's worth deaths. It's better to have this than not. So Fred walks in, spells broken, he says Isaac didn't show up for his post, and Nick looks at June for a bit before admitting, which was interesting to me, before admitting to, so that, actually that is interesting to me, why did he look at June for like so long before? I
2: think Nick put two and two together, like the seriousness of the situation, because at first, you know, Fred says Guardian Isaac is not at his post, and he's like, oh, I'll take care of it. You know, but when he says he never showed up for the shift this morning, that's when kind of Nick realized, oh, shit, because Eden wasn't there this morning either. So he realized that it was more serious than what maybe he thought at first. So he kind of reacted. And I think that's why he he talks. You know, there's a lot of people bitching because he like told on Eden, but I'm pretty sure he thought it was the best course of action at the time. I'm pretty sure he didn't think it was going to end the way we see
3: it ends well no because in every other situation like this in this house they try to cover for it right exactly yeah. they make up stories to cover so the house doesn't get in trouble so you should think that that same thing would happen if they can find eden first and cover for her and it's unlikely she would get away on her own but i don't know i don't yeah i do not think this no, is malicious not at all okay.
2: no me either
3: okay. i don't either oh and uh fred's in the nursery next and talking to Serena, like, do you know what this looks like for me? Which I found funny because this house has, like, an insane number of runaways, like, every week. Kind of. <laughs> hardly registers. Uh, and the baby's crying nonstop. And Serena locks the door and she tries to nurse her with her. Which daughter, was another
1: which scene to me where
3: I feel like Serena is putting herself
1: ahead of this baby's needs. Because I get that, like, she wants to bond with her. I do think she feels bad. Also, I think it's just the fact that I'm sure Holly senses that like Serena's not her actual mother. Like again, to me, I took this as you're, you know, you have no milk supply, yet you're letting the baby like naturally like want to breastfeed and you know there's nothing that's going to come out. So that's not going to soothe her. So I just, to me, I took that as this is another scene of Serena thinking more of herself first over the baby. Yeah, that's why
2: she says sorry at the end because she realizes that what she's doing is just, for
3: herself yeah. i don't even fault her. this i mean it's weird what she does but i think she's just such a depressed human being at this point i don't think she's doing it. i don't think she's at all considering that it's hurting the baby because she just wants to know what it feels like you know like eden was just asking downstairs and um, no i agree i mean whatever oh i do before we move on i did
1: think it was funny when fred was complaining to serena about eden he said that she was a married woman swept up in her own selfish lust is just hypocritical to me because Fred is having an affair with June and the other handmaid and everybody else at Jezebel's
3: yet Eden is
1: being selfish for having lust
3: okay so then he finds June in the kitchen when Rita brings in the baby laundry and she's complaining that Serena changes the baby every 10 minutes and then Serena is like yelling at her again so June has a chance to smell her baby from the clothes because June likes smelling her children and I think that's really sweet And Fred comes in angry and he's calling Eden the slut. And June says, like, genuinely, I hope she's okay. And then Fred asks, why would a girl risk so much to leave? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, don't you? And then he's like, where were you? In the house when we were there. She takes a beat and then decides to be honest. Like, "Uh, in the attic. (laughs) So you heard. And she says her heart was beating too loud to hear anything, which is ridiculous. But he just takes it and says you were that frightened and you still would prefer not to come home he's so delusional
1: like he really
3: doesn't get it i know but it's almost like he's trying to at the moment for like half a second like why do people not like me why is everyone running away from me
1: which is just again shocking that after all of this and like even serena just saying in the last episode that you know she loves the father of her baby like he still just doesn't understand
3: and then june chooses like the safest truth to tell him which is i just said goodbye to my one daughter and i wanted to have a little more time with my baby and my belly before you know i don't know if she's being nice or just safe probably safe then they have this back and forth where he's like well how was that by the way (laughs) and she's like i was really surprised to see her and he's like i did that for you and she said thanks and he's like oh is that all is that all is worse I liked the interchange exchange that comes next where she looks like depressed or I don't know whatever about what he's asking her for and then she offers him a game of Scrabble sometime in the future maybe <laughs> like a coupon for a free Scrabble game says that would be fun but I couldn't I don't know I don't know
1: all the emotions well he was definitely like wanting to resume their yeah and oh, she's I know like what he was yeah, wanting that's not happening so we we'll play Scrabble <laughs> right and but he's he took it and left he's he's so self-involved though because he when he talked about like letting her see hannah well it's what you wanted it's what you asked for i'm glad i made it happen for you like he's some kind of hero for doing that for her
2: he likes feeling like that that's the validation that he needs to feel i don't know accomplished or manlier or not as
0: emasculated that's that's what he wants praise and i think in his head he really thinks he did a good thing like i know that's the thing but he really thinks he did her a favor he's delusional so yeah yeah totally delusional yeah 100 percent. so i did a good thing for you now you should
3: Ugh. he's forgotten that he did that because he raped her and right somehow that cracked his conscience
1: well don't forget he was fixing serena's mess
3: by uh, hannah so
1: yes so noble
3: anyway he leaves and she looks a little, a little miserable and then we're at Emily's and Mrs. Lawrence comes in. Hello, Mrs. Lawrence. And she asks who she is. And when Emily says, off Joseph, she says, no, what's your real name? And then she's like, don't tell Joseph. He doesn't like me to talk to the girls. And then tells Emily, he did an awful thing, an awful thing, and you don't know what it is at first. And then she finally says, he came up with the colonies. I told him those were real people digging up that poison. And then Joseph hears her and comes in and takes her back to her room. as she screams, I hate you, you know what you did. I thought that was kind of a cool surprising scene and then he brings Emily downstairs and he pours her wine which I think in a previous episode we were wondering if there was wine in Gilead and there is unsurprisingly in this house and he tells her we value privacy in this house and she asks if his wife is okay and says things didn't turn out the way she wanted she was an art professor and she wanted everything to be beautiful he asks about her career then and if she misses it and she spouts some Gilead bullshit because she still doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Um, and he calls it bullshit and runs through her impressive Gilead rap sheet and asks how that felt. And she drinks wine instead of answer. Um, and he asks about her family and says, losing a child is like losing a part of your body, but you know what that's like too. I thought that was interesting though because the way he,
1: he said that about losing a child made it seem like he knows that it feels that's what I was about to ask what
3: do you think do you think he did lose a child
0: I, I will say I think Bradley Whitford has said somewhere I think I read in an interview once that in his like backstory for Lawrence that he's made up in his head that mm-hmm. they did have a child that they lost yeah 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 but I don't know if it's official I just I know I read Bradley Whitford said that somewhere um I was just gonna say that I like that interaction that
2: first interaction that you know this is the first time we get to see this character um in this episode uh, and Bradley Whitford actually won. And I mean, 2019 for this episode as a guest actor. Um, I thought it was interesting because he's reading Emily. Like he, you can see that he, he's studying her. And obviously from that first scene, we know he's not a conventional Gilead believer. There's something else going on there, but obviously we don't know because it's just one scene. But he, she likes to him. He asks her like, where are you from? And she says here. And he gets annoyed, you know, because he, he likes a challenge. You know, he's trying to see... If Emily I guess he chose her because of a rap sheet like you guys said so it was it was a very interesting beginning for me for that
3: yeah and he's asking her questions that he already knows the answer to
1: yeah yeah
2: because he wants to know if she's gonna lie
3: <laughs> then Rita breaks into June's room waking her up and she says she hasn't pumped yet and unfortunately Rita's there for a much worse pur- purpose they found Eden and they brought her back and then we're in a locker room with Nick and Eden and he's begging her to say anything to save herself And she won't. She says all I wanted was a real family that loves each other. Which, by the way, I thought it was very
1: interesting that he was raising his voice with her, because this is, I believe, this is the first time he ever raises his voice
3: with Eden. Correct? What about the letters? I'm pretty sure he raises his voice when she found the letters.
1: Not like he wasn't like this though, and and really, Nick is always very like even keeled. So. The only other time we really see him get, like, this animated and this, I guess, angry and, like, raising his voice was with June in the Boston Globe. And both times when he's acting this way, he's doing it out of fear. Because in the Boston Globe, he was terrified about June, like, not being okay and wanting to run away. And here he's terrified because he knows that if Eden doesn't lie or, like, make up the story, she's going to die.
3: Yeah, I just, I think it's hard to say he's never raised his voice with her in that, just because of that once again where he was angry with her and she was crying and it was upsetting but
1: yeah and with the letters he at least like he was angry but he kind of like controlled himself a little whereas here he yeah but here he's like yeah he felt bad about it he doesn't convince her like that's not gonna end well
2: this is a sad parallel because you know Nick just told June you know that he wanted to run away and be a real family and here's Eden telling him that all that she wanted was a real family
0: And this is the reality of running away, right? Like this is the reality if you run away. And I I caught that parallel too. And I I think there's another parallel too,
1: where I guess the family idea, because I feel like you're also seeing the parallel of Serena. She wanted this baby, but she doesn't feel like she doesn't want the family. She wants just the baby, or I guess she knows she's not going to have the family with Fred. So I guess it's interesting to see like the three different dynamics of what being a family means in this sense
2: technically Serena and Fred are supposed to be the real family you know the conservative the traditional the traditional family what so I should say you know married and obviously with a baby that's not theirs but in Gilead it's their baby you know the rest are not traditional families you know Eden's family is supposed to be with Nick. that's you know the matrimony um and June's not supposed to have a family and that, but He's then in reality like
1: Fred and Serena are supposed to be the family but there's zero love there And then you have Nick and June and Eden and Isaac who Mm -hmm. are in love. But then you're, like you said, you're seeing the two different scenarios. Like what happens when you actually do run away together versus
3: not? Uh, I liked that. That parallel is really good observation too. And sad. And then, all right. So yeah, so he's begging her and... And Nick is like, Nick says, we can have a baby together. I'll do anything. And it's so cute and sad when she says, I can't. I'm in love with Isaac. I'm really sorry. (laughs) He's like, no, you don't have to be sorry. I'm sorry. And there's, they share a sweet, chaste kiss. Is that how you say chaste? Anyway, and it's the first time they've ever kissed. But she then says, let's just forgive each other then.
1: I feel like this is another scene where you see Nick's genuine character. Like he He really means it when he's telling her, like, we can make a baby together. We all know he doesn't want to do that. But he's being genuine because he wants to save this girl's life. And I'm sure he feels guilty, even though he means that. Like, when she kisses him, he doesn't kiss her back at all.
2: I just think he was just more than willing to sacrifice, you know, not himself, but, you know, he was willing to, like, okay, fine, I'll do anything. I'll stay with you. I'll have a life with you. I just want to save your life. So it goes to what Ginger's saying, you know, like. His character.
3: And then we're with June in the gymnasium, uh, with it seems like everyone, although when they zoom out later it's not it's not like everyone. But you hear, you know, she looks upset and then you hear Nick's footsteps and she looks up and sees him, and she knows that means that he failed to convince her. And really, 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 really fucking sad. And they look devastated. And Eden and Isaac walk out. They climb the high dive, they chain the weights to their feet, and you hear Holly crying. And after they've zoomed out, and I see that like not everyone is there, like everyone in town, why the fuck did you bring the baby? why would you bring a baby to a public execution thank you like fred i guarantee it was fred because he was like the only person that did not give a fuck about these children dying drowning but still what the fuck like at first when i saw the baby i was like all right every single person in town's here there was no one to babysit that's still fucked up but then they zoom out and it's not it's like a few families or whatever and no not okay
0: you know what? Probably Serena didn't want to leave her with anybody is what it was. She's so like selfish and self-absorbed. She's like, no, no, no. The baby has to come with me. And if I'm going to the public execution, the baby is coming to the public execution.
3: I don't care. Like <laughs> she's feeling feelings though for months that are good, but only because yeah. of what she's about to see. So yeah, maybe it's horrific. Nonetheless, there's a baby at the drowning and the guy, I don't even know who it was. in notice but keeps asking her to renounce their sins both of them to renounce their sins and plead for mercy and instead of doing that she starts reading corinthians until they throw the and and june's like face falls when she starts to hear her read the corinthians and i'm so proud of her even though it's so fucking sad but i love eden's final rebellion And, and it sticks with her, like love of the Bible and God, she never gives that up. You know, she just realizes that Gilead is a separate thing. The Gilead does not, it's not promoting like the good love of the Bible and God. And she realizes they're separate and she wants to go with the root of what she believes in the Bible and goodness.
1: And it's sad too, though, because that's the Bible verse that technically started Eden and Nick's marriage. And now it's ending it.
3: Yeah, but it's, she's feeling it now, right? I mean, I think it's amazing. He was feeling it then for someone else and now she gets it and she's feeling it for somebody. And I'm yeah. glad that she felt that before she died.
2: I was kind of surprised that Isaac didn't like peace out or bail out or try to save himself because he's an asshole. I mean, he's not, a, I mean, we saw how he treated Janine. I mean, that's obviously ingrained in him. That's, he probably was brainwashed into, believe that, into believing that. But if you hit a woman, you know, you already think that women are like below you so it tells me that he really did love eden because he he went down with her like he didn't try to save himself he could have renounced his sins as well and 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 he didn't so i thought it was curious
3: he's he's redeemed in my eyes that was shitty but he is fully redeemed for going down with his love his teenage love and by the way i don't feel like we've actually given enough credit to sydney sweeney yeah. who just like this episode especially. she was amazing every yeah all of it it's just like such an uncomfortable character that it's hard to be like she's amazing but she is she's so amazing and then this episode yeah oh i love her so much i love seeing her and stuff now
0: yeah i didn't fully appreciate eden or sydney until i think this episode really brought it home with the character
1: i did did you guys pick up on the fact though i also saw another parallel because when they were trying to get um eden to change her mind Nick was mouthing come on like he did in the Boston Globe when June was about to leave, They're trying to like beg for her to make the right decision. And in the Boston Globe, June did make the right decision, but Eden did not this time. So it's just mm-hmm.
3: well, you know what I mean. I think she made Save the herself. right decision. She just didn't make the decision yeah. he wanted.
0: Relatively speaking, like for her it was the right decision. For him, it was and you not can already right see
3: decision. like he's yeah.
1: racked with guilt and everything here because like June looks at him when he walks in to sit down and he looks at her and then he has to look away. Cause he can't like,
0: right. It's terrible. Well, again, like I said, and that's them up on the, on the high dive, right. They had just what a day ago, two days ago, talked about running away together. And if mm. they had done that, yes, yeah. that's, that's them up there.
3: It's depressing. It's very depressing. Yeah. And there are other weights down there in the pool as they drown too. So,
1: And I, I read an interview. Actually, I think it was with Max where he talked about this scene and he said like usually when they film this show like you know behind the scenes things are pretty light and they don't take a lot of like it's not as dark as it seems like when they're filming it but he said this episode like was real emotions like nobody really had to try hard to cry or look upset because it was pretty traumatizing to film as well.
3: Also of note is that Serena is sobbing you know she's taking it the way that you're supposed to and everyone else is and fred looks at her and looks kind of like surprised and disgusted again that she well i think june and serena are
1: both realizing what's going to happen like this is
3: holly's future this could
1: happen to her if, or, or if she does make the right choice of actually falling in love with someone you know or, or doing something else that she should be doing that gilead doesn't approve of
3: right So then we're back in the house, and Nick's in the kitchen, um, just super depressed and doing his finger thing, and June sits next to him and puts her hand on his arm, trying to comfort him, and he gets up and leaves, and you can just tell, like, everyone's feeling, like, overwhelming guilt, and I do remember after I watched that episode, I briefly was, like, was like, oh no, is this gonna like ruin their relationship. And there was immediately an article or an interview or something that Nick and Max said, like, no, it, it's just him feeling guilt yeah. or something. I don't know. Do you have a Tina?
0: Uh, I don't have the, that quote from him, but there was um, something additional in the script. So it the note did say that in that moment, Nick was breaking and if he were to have let it out, he would have lost it. So that's why he just got up and left. It wasn't anything personal. It's just, he knew he was, you know, this close. Yeah. Um, but there was supposed to be a little additional scene where he went back to his apartment, but when he gets there, it's too quiet and hard. Um, and he notices Eden's knitting needles and she was knitting baby clothes. Hmm. Um, and so he couldn't stay there either. and He just left. So I don't know where he went. They don't, they don't say, but I thought that was, um, really sad that he couldn't even be in his apartment either because everything, you know, was just too much
3: right now even like it used to be a safe space and then she came and it wasn't and now she's gone and it still isn't
0: and it's sad too because I
1: took him sitting in the kitchen as he was waiting for June like why else would he? I guess I, I was thinking like was he there because he didn't want to be in the apartment or was he kind of waiting for June like for comfort and then when he saw her realized he can't do it because he feels guilty and and like you said Tina like he he'd break down
0: yeah I think that's what it was it was just too
1: much
3: yeah um and then serena's in the nursery crying and holly looks so beautiful asleep in the crib but june comes in and asks are you okay or how are you and serena says she starts spouting spouting the bible but in this case i believe it's good this is the lord even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible be delivered for i will contend with he who contends with you and i will save your children And um, i like how she's looking at the baby and says for i will contend with he who contends with you like super emphatically and she i think she's swearing to save holly from gilead whatever that means to her and then when the baby cries and june says she'll get her a bottle serena says no and hands her to june to nurse and adam taylor's music is perfect and beautiful here i wrote that i wish i were capable of describing it in better words but he's just so amazing at what he writes And I, i thought
1: it was interesting too that serena genuinely looked happy to let june nurse her which she wouldn't have felt before the events of today.
3: Right, she's being a better mom now and she's putting the baby's health against her, above her, her hatred for June and love of anything else. She's putting the baby's health first yeah. and I like that.
1: I thought it was, I noticed the music when the episode opened and Serena was in the nursery alone with Nicole or Holly. Like the music seemed like it was kind of sweet, but then it had that sinister musical tones to it. But then this um, song that played in at the end here, was more like, there wasn't that sinister tone, which I think is kind of showing that Serena has, she's been affected now and she's changed. And she's, she is, like you said, putting Holly first over her own needs. So I thought that was interesting.
3: Okay, so I think that's a wrap on our spoiler-free analysis of season two, episode 12 of The Handmaid's Tale. Come back on Wednesday for our deep dive into the same episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: three of us, what we could be. I think about it all the time. Please, it's
1: dear. No, it's not. I know Jim, she's my friend. I care about her.
0: How's your day going? You look pretty.
3: Thanks, I wore it just for you.
1: Her father's a driver named Nick.
3: He helped me
1: to survive. Yes, you can, because I can't
0: lose you. I'm not gonna let anything happen to you. What about you? Your girlfriend is a badass.